0: Thanks for listening to the River City Church podcast. To learn more about our church community and how you can be a part, visit us online at therivercitychurch.org. I hope uh, I hope this has been the driving force behind this I Declare War series of knowing in our identity in Christ, knowing that you have a call, that you have a purpose, that you are going somewhere. We started this series off with talking about our thoughts and our thinking, thinking, and how we had to set our thoughts on what Christ says about us, and the battle begins in the mind, and then we moved it down to our mouth and the words that we speak, the words that we speak to others, the words that we speak to ourselves, and then we said we got to move to action because if it's just all thoughts and good and, and words and it's all just good intentions. know, God has called us to action against the works of the enemy that we've clarified that we have an enemy. We have the devil that's against us. And then we also have our flesh that always wants to rise up and the flesh wants to choose itself over the spirit. And that's what we've been wrestling through these last few weeks. And I've loved how you guys have leaned in and, and just been, been moving forward in this and getting this identity. And, and this morning, what uh, we'll, well, I wanted to share before we jump into the rest of this morning, next week we're starting a new series um, right here called Relationship Status is that we have people in our church from all different uh, places in their area of relationship. They are single. They are single again. They are in, in youth group trying to figure out dating and college figuring out dating and there's married couples and we all have this this these ideas about relationships and what they should look like and we're going to dive into some of what our culture says about relationships and what God's word says about relationships and I think you're going to enjoy it. If you have friends, family members, neighbors, that I think you should, this is a great one to invite because everybody wants to work on those relationships. And so so um encourage you to come back next week for that. And then it ties in also with our marriage workshop that we're having on February 8th uh, called The Marriage I Do Not Deserve. Continue to sign up. we got a good handful signed up. You can sign up on our website for that. So, but um, we are excited today. Many of you guys know that Nancy and I had spent uh, some time in Mozambique, Africa, and... When we landed in Mozambique, Africa, with a 24-month-old, and I think like a 2-month-old, and we showed up at this couple's house that just welcomed us, loved on us, cared for us, and helped us get adapted. And uh, they continue to work all across um, Southern Africa. And it is my super privilege to have uh, not just missionaries, but missionaries that we support, but missionaries that you guys have not met yet, but loved ones. And uh, these are like missionaries that are family. So would you guys welcome Lance and Minnie. Behind as they come to share here this morning. Good morning it is great to
1: be at River City this morning. I want to thank Pastor Damien and Nancy for letting us come and share and be with you and I want to thank you as a church for partnering with us. You've been supporting us on a monthly basis and we are grateful for it. You know missionaries cannot do what God's called them to do without partners and churches and people like you. So thank you so much. People ask us, what do you do and why do you live in Africa and what, what, do, you, what do you hope to accomplish? Mindy and I have been missionaries now for more than 20 years. Uh, we, we've just come back about 10 days ago and we return tomorrow to fly back to Africa. Uh, but we are about preaching the gospel, sharing the gospel message with the lost. We believe that's what the Lord has called us to do. We also believe the Lord has called us to make disciples. And we believe the best way to do that is through local churches like this, like River City. And so we're about planting churches. We partner with, with, uh, with national churches in 10 uh, countries of Southern Africa and we get to work with teams of missionaries. We work with 14 different teams of missionaries in, in those 10 nations and we're about planting churches. Last year, 2019, we had the opportunity to see over 700 churches planted in those 10 nations. We we're grateful for that. And so when you support missionaries and when you're supporting us, you're helping us plant churches and reaching the lost. You know, people say, why do you, why Africa? You know, in Africa, there are still over 200 million, 200 million people who have yet to hear the gospel message once. 200 million, there's still work to be done. So we have some prayer cards. They'll, they'll either be handed out later or they'll be somewhere in the, in, the, in the connection area. But I want to encourage you to please pray for us. Pray for us as we plant churches. Pray for us as we lead and train pastors and lead and train missionaries. Uh, we need your help and we need more workers. Pray that more workers would join our teams and, and come and work with us. It was great to, to work and partner with Damon and Nancy when they came to Africa. They lived in our home for somewhere between seven, nine, ten weeks, uh, and uh, they had to endure our family. We have three children. All three of our children now are out of college, and two are school teachers. One is a pastor, and his wife pastor church in Texas, and they have three children, so we're grandparents, but it was a joy to work with you and, and serve in Mozambique with you, and they've seen the good and the bad and the ugly of our family. And when you live with somebody for almost three months, you you see it all. And we love you guys and appreciate you. And it's just a joy to see what God is doing through your life. You guys have amazing pastors. And I do want to encourage you to pray for them, love on them, and get in and support them. This church also has amazing worship. The worship team, thank you for leading us in worship this morning. You know Yes, give them another hand of appreciation. Even though we are in Africa, um, um, most of the time we come back about every uh, three to four years and I itinerate and travel all over from West Coast, East Coast, North, South in the U.S. And not every church that we attend are blessed with worship like you guys had and a team of talented people who are willing to give of their talents. And so you guys are blessed. I want to invite my wife to come. Mindy, come and share briefly, introduce yourself. And uh, uh, Mindy and I. Uh, I I never thought and dreamed we would have we'd be grandparents, but we just got to see our grandchildren this last week, and, and God has blessed us, and, and we're grateful. But Mindy works and serves right along side side me, and I work right alongside her, and I want her to share a little bit.
2: Well, good morning, River City Church. It is a privilege to be able to put faces with names, and to be able to see and to to meet you, and we do appreciate. Everything that you do when you pray for us, you give to missions, it keeps us on the field doing what God's called us to do. And I guess as we've been in Africa for this long, I'm starting to get old and a little bit nostalgic, and so I've been reflecting quite a bit. And when we first got to Africa, I just remember feeling this sensory overload. All these new sights and all these new sounds and all these new smells that weren't always pleasant. There's a lot of things that were just feel that felt like they were just flying at us and and I have a really really sensitive justice meter. Anybody else with me? I I like things to be just. I like things to be fair. I like everybody to have equal opportunity in life. And I think one of the things that hit me so hard when we first arrived in Africa was that there was poverty on a scale that I I couldn't even begin to comprehend or imagine. When we got there, um, the average person was eating one meal every other day. Children were malnourished, didn't have enough food to eat, they couldn't They couldn't have access to school, and so education was very, very slim, and and it was something that they really sought after and wanted. People were literally going hungry. There was disease, and so often, they would take children to the clinic to get treated for malaria, and the clinic wouldn't have any medicine to help kill the malaria parasite, and so children were dying. Modern-day slavery is a very real thing. And there were people that worked as almost indentured servants in households and stuff with no hope of ever really being able to live freely on their own and and thrive and flourish like God wanted them to, like we wanted them to. But the greatest injustice that I saw, the thing that broke my heart the most was that there were millions upon millions of people Who never ever heard the name of Jesus for the first time. And I kept thinking how many times have I heard the name of Jesus? How many times have I heard the gospel message? How many people are praying for us? How much opportunity do I have? How much access do I have to know the truth about God and who he is? And all these people around me have very little access to the gospel. They have no idea who their Jesus is have no clue how to teach their children about him because they don't know themselves how unjust it was how upset I was continually at this injustice that some people have access to the gospel continually and others hardly at all the greatest injustice that I saw was the injustice that lostness brings into people's lives It's the greatest injustice that we have to fight as a church family here at River City Church and around the world because there's an epidemic of lostness around this world right now. And as we pray and as we give and as we go, we make a difference and we chip away at that. See, there'll be a lot of sick people who make it to heaven. And there'll be a lot of hungry people that make it to heaven. And there will be a lot of people who are victimized by slavery and trafficking that make it to heaven. And there will be a lot of people that never had any opportunity compared to what we have that make it to heaven. Because they knew to call on the name of the Lord and be saved. But there will not be a single lost person that makes it to heaven. Not one. So thank you. For investing in missions, thank you for sending missionaries, because as you do, you are making a difference in lostness, and more and more people are coming to know Jesus. So God bless you. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for sending us. It is our true privilege and honor to serve the Lord in Africa. God bless you.
1: As we look to the message this morning, declaring war, I want to declare war on what Mindy just talked about. I want us as, a, as a believers, as followers of Christ, to declare war on lostness. Not on the lost. We love the lost. We love those that are different than us and those that might believe different than we do. We love them, but if they are, they are lost, they are experiencing the greatest injustice on the planet. See, the Bible says that our life here on, on earth is just like a vapor in light of eternity. It's here for one moment and gone the next. Now, when we're going through trials and difficulties and we're, we're living one day at a time, one week at a time, life dr- sometimes can feel like it's dragging on. But our life is just a vapor. But eternity, forever and ever. Those that are lost, we love them. Jesus loved them. That's why he gave us his life for us and for them. And we declare war on the lostness of this world. On the condition of lostness. We, as a church, you've been looking at different things that you're declaring war on. And I want us to look outside of these four walls and look, look to the lost. See, you don't have to be in Africa to be lost. Those that are, that are unbelieving and those that do not know Christ right here in the Chicago area, the people you go to school with, that you work uh, with, those that are your neighbors with, if they're lost, they're just as lost as those that are in Africa. Those that are lost in Milwaukee and throughout Wisconsin are just as lost as those that are lost here in Chicago in, in and in Illinois and across the U.S. and across this world. The Lord has just called us to go to Africa. If you feel called in the missions, I, I want to encourage you to talk with me and talk with your pastor after service. We, we, there's place for you to serve. But if God has not called you to go to Africa, know that the Lord has called you to be involved in his ministry, and involved in his work. See, God chooses people to reach people. That's his plan. God is amazing and can do all things. He, he could reveal himself to all mankind in one moment. That's not what he chooses to do. He chooses to use people like you and I to reach the lost. I'd like for us to turn to John chapter 14 this morning. John chapter 14. We do not have time to go through the entire... Uh, chapter uh, today, and I want to encourage you to to take this week and look through this chapter of Chapter John. It is a very rich, deep uh, uh, chapter. It has a lot of words of encouragement, words of instruction, and we 're not going to be able to touch on all of those we 're going to look at four f- four things this morning on declaring war on lostness, but here 's some things that Jesus these are the words of Christ. John writes down, These are, we're going to look at his, his words of encouragement, his words of instruction this morning. John chapter 14, let's look at verse 1. I'm reading now the, the ESV version. It begins with this, verse 1, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I not have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Verse six, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If I had known, if you had known me, you would have known My father also, from now on, you do know him and have seen him. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we are so thankful for your word, thankful for this time together. We're thankful for the presence of the Holy Spirit that we've experienced today. We're thankful that when we call on the name of Jesus, you hear us, you go with us. We're grateful. We're so grateful for salvation in our lives I'm grateful for everyone that is here, and I pray you'd bless them and minister to them. Lord, I pray as the word is preached this morning, you'd open our our ears to hear. You would open our minds to understand, and you would open our hearts to receive what you have for us. And I pray that we would draw closer to you. We would be changed in Jesus' name. I pray our life would please you. And I pray that when this meeting ends today, our service will begin beyond these walls. And we would begin to do battle, and we would begin to do war against our enemy. The devil against the enemy of lostness. We thank you, dear Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we look at this passage, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. These moments are a very critical moment in in, in the life of the disciples and in the life of Jesus. He He is speaking to his disciples, and he begins to he begins by saying, Let not your heart be troubled. He was telling them, Don't worry. Don't worry. And I find this an amazing time because Jesus, this was the day before he was betrayed. If you study scripture, this was at the moment in the upper room where he was speaking to his disciples and it was the last supper. He had just washed their feet. And he had just encouraged them and shared with them and loved on them. He's getting ready to give his life in just a, a few days. He's going to be arrested later that night in the early mornings after, after t- going with his disciples to the, to the Garden of Gethsemane where they fell asleep and he, he was praying, desperately praying to his Father. And he was getting ready to give his life on the cross. And his concern was to his disciples. And isn't, isn't Jesus amazing that way? He is is always trying to give to others and share to others. And here at this moment of of probably the greatest crisis in his life, he's telling his disciples, don't worry. He knew what was coming. He knew there was going to be problems and their leader was going to be taken from them and and killed in front of them. He knew they were getting ready to scatter. Peter was saying, I'll never deny you. This was just at that moment. And, And Jesus knew what was getting ready to happen. And he's telling them, don't worry. I want to encourage you with those same words this morning in your life, in our situation. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Don't be worried about what's going on in this world. We can look and see what's happening in our politics and see what's happening in our government. See what's happening uh, all around us and we see trials and turmoils and problems. And there's not unity and there's arguments and things don't seem to be going well. I want to tell you, don't worry. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let your hearts be troubled. We're encouraged to put our hope in Christ. You see, the lost around you, we need to be very passionate about them and and show compassion to them, but we don't need to be so concerned and worried that that it causes us to do nothing and to freeze. We need to put our hope in Jesus. Put our trust in Him. Do not let your hearts be troubled. We're getting ready to go into battle. We've declared war. Normally when you've declared war and you're getting ready to go in battle, I'm sure there's a lot of concern and worry. And I want to tell you, when you get ready to do battle today, when you're getting ready to do battle this week, when you're getting ready to do battle and share the gospel message with those around you, do not let your hearts be troubled. Take courage in who Jesus is. He then tells us in verse 6 why we don't have to be worried. It says, because Jesus is, is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the way. It's not us. It's not our knowledge. It's not our experience. It's not not all about us. It's about he's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. We can share him. Jesus is the hope. We find life through Jesus. Sharing the gospel, evangelizing lost, doing missions, being involved in his work, being involved in ministry is about Jesus, not about us. It's not even about the lost. It's about Jesus. A lot of people would like to tell you there's a lot of different ways we can find Christ, or we can find God, or we can find peace, or we can find heaven, or we can find eternal life. I want to tell you there's no other way. According to Scripture, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. A lot of people say, oh man, I don't know if I can witness. I, I don't want to infringe on other people. I, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to be telling other people what they should and shouldn't believe. I agree. Maybe we don't need to be telling people what to believe. But we can be sharing the truth with them. And sharing the gospel with them. And sharing who Jesus is with them. And then they can choose whether to follow Christ or not. We're not the saviors. Jesus is the savior. We're just his messenger. If you knew your, your friend's house was going to be robbed or going to be burned down, would you not tell them? And we're talking about something far more greater than just a temporal problem or a, a difficulty. We're talking about eternity. And I'm going to share the gospel message because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. You say, but I can't do it alone. You don't have to. In verse 15, 16, and verse 26, we see that Jesus promises a helper. Let's read that real, real quick. Let's go to, verse, let's start with verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Verse 16, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth. Let's go to verse 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. We have been given a helper. We're not doing this by ourselves. And not just any kind of helper, not just any kind of helper. We are been, we've been given, the, in the Greek, the word is paraclete. Paraclete, what a, what a rich word, a deep word. It, it does mean helper, but it means far more than that. It means one who comes alongside. So when, G, when Jesus says, I'm going to send a helper, he says, I'm going to send one who will come alongside. We see in verse 16, it's a helper. In verse 17, it's the truth. In verse 26, it's a teacher. But, but the one who comes alongside us is a friend, is an enabler, is an empowerer. We are not alone. The Holy Spirit has been given to us, so we have power over the enemy. Again, remember the lost are not our enemy. The Bible is clear we have an enemy, the devil, who seeks to, to, to destroy you, steal from you. He, 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 wants to, he wants to do whatever it takes to, to affect your marriage and your children and your family. We have an enemy. When we have the power of the Holy Spirit, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We are not left alone. God has called us to go and make disciples. God has called us to share the gospel. And we don't have to do this by ourselves. We have a helper to enable us to do what God has called us to do. And finally, in verse 30 and verse 31, Jesus talks about the enemy. We have an enemy, the ruler of this world. Let's read that, verse 30 and 31. Jesus is speaking. He says, I will no longer talk much with you. For the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me. But I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. And then he tells his disciples, rise, let's go from there. And they leave the upper room and they go and begin to pray. And They, bego, begin, they go and begin to, to uh Face the, the challenges of the coming day. We do have an enemy. And you want to say, you know, I don't really want want to be involved in a war. or I don't really want to be involved in a battle. It doesn't matter if you want to or not. You are involved in a battle. You, you are, whether you want to get involved or not doesn't matter. You are already involved in a war. We have an enemy. The prince of this world is what he's referred to in, in this passage. But he, wants to, he comes to seek... Steal, kill, and destroy you and your family in this world. I want to encourage you to get into the the battle. Not stand back and and let others take part without you being involved in the battle. How do you get involved in the battle? By praying, by worshiping, by serving God, by sharing the gospel. We must let the world know. Jesus said in verse 31, I do this that the world may know. We're involved in this battle. One of the greatest things we can do is let the world know. When Mindy and I first went to be missionaries in, in Africa, we went to the country of Zambia. We were there for nine weeks. Everything was going great. We'd preached to, to large crowds. We'd seen people saved. We were uh, involved with training some uh, students at the Bible school who, who were going to be pastors. Some were already pastoring, and we just thought life was perfect. We had went to a game park and seen lions and elephants and giraffes, and, and we, we'd seen the, the, the churches full with people. We had the experience of what we thought Africa was. One Sunday after church, we had had a Sunday morning service that lasted about five hours. This service is not going to last that long, by the way, unless pastor gets anointed after, after I'm done preaching and he begins. But we had a long service, and it was in a tent where it had dirt floor. And as they began to sing and, and dance during worship, uh, the dirt turned to dust and went up into the air. And during the preaching, the dust began to settle on everybody and everywhere there's a little moisture around the eyes, around the mouth, around the nostril, there was all this dirt. And you would smile at one another and there's dirt in your teeth. It was awesome. <laughs> Gave an altar call that day and, and hundreds came to know the Lord that day. I thought, this is, this is what I was born to do. I took Mindy and the kids home At that particular time, we only had water two hours a day and it was in the morning. So before we left to go to church that day, we'd filled the bathtub up and filled some buckets up with water so we could get cleaned up. And uh, they'd ask us, please, can we have another church service tonight? Which was rare because normally you'd have a Sunday, one long service and we wouldn't have two. But I agreed to come to an evening service that night. I told Mindy, I said, you and the kids stay there. You're cleaned up. There's no extra water for the, when the kids get ready for school tomorrow. So just, just stay home. I'll go by myself. I went to church that night and again, uh, the Lord poured out in an amazing way. Afterwards, I was, I was so ex- uh, fulfilled and just so content. I didn't want it to end. So I found some Bible college students and I told them, I'll give them a ride home. We had a vehicle at Speed of Light helped us purchase and, and <clears throat> I told them, they can. The, all the Bible college students here can ride with me. I didn't realize that there was about uh, 15 Bible college students there. And our car only held nine people. But somehow we all piled in. And we, I took, began to take them home. They lived in different places. Not at a campus. But lived near, nearby. Took them all home. And as I was driving home, I was just reflecting on the day. And I was tired. and I was exhausted. But I was just reflecting on what God had did. I got to our house. And there, in, in, like most places in Africa, each home or houses have walls around them, and you have a gate, you have a guard that's around your home normally 24 hours a day. And I got there and I honked the horn, and uh, waiting for the guard to open the gate, he didn't open the gate. And I stood there in the car, sat there in the car, for uh, about five minutes, just every once in a while honking, and I wondered, why isn't somebody coming to open the gate? Pretty soon a car started driving down the road, and I, I took notice of it. I even thought maybe I should back up and drive around the block. But no, I thought, no, I'm just being afraid. new in Africa. I'm going to just stay right here. I'm not going to be afraid. You know, sometimes we need to obey the, the, the Lord's, that still small voice that we hear. But out of my stubbornness, I stayed there, and the car drove in behind me and blocked me. I couldn't back up because of the car. I couldn't go forward because of the gate. Five men jumped out of the car. Three of them had guns. One of them was an AK-47. The other two were 9mm pistols. They began to point them at me as I was in the driver's seat yelling at me, cursing in English to open the door. God gave me at that moment peace. That peace that we sing about sometimes. The peace that passes all understanding. I'm a very emotional person. I get excited easily. I, get, I cry easily. I, 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 I get angry sometimes a little too easy. But at that moment I had peace. And I unlocked the door, and they crawled in the, in, in the door. They unlocked doors and came in. The three with the guns got in my car. The two without the gun guns got in their car, and they drove away. They began to yell at me and tell me that they were going to steal my car and they were going to kill me. And so they said, You're, we're going to take you with us. And if this car shuts down or stops for any reason, we're going to kill you. A lot of cars in Africa have anti-theft device. To where if it's parked and it's the, the, the car is locked and somebody steals it and they drive away and nobody's in the car with them, about a a mile or two down the road, it just stops. And this car that we had, had one of those anti-theft devices. They're great if you're not in the car, but if you're in the car when they're stealing it, you don't want the car stopping. So they said, if this car shuts down, I said, it's not going to, it's going to work just fine. I, I was in there, I didn't arm it, and they pushed me into the console, and the two drivers... Uh, the two men got in the front, and the man with the nine mil, I mean, with the K 47 got in the back. And then we began to drive. They said, you're an American. You have a gun. I said, I don't have a gun. I just came from church. I'm a pastor. I said, there's my Bible on the dashboard. They picked the Bible up and put it back down on the dashboard. I guess that convinced them I didn't have a gun. They then reached in my pocket and took my wallet, took the money out and threw it on the, the, the wallet and the pictures and the credit cards all on the floorboard, but kept the cash. In Zambia, they use kwacha. ...for their money, not dollars, Quacha, And I had 30,000 quacha with me that night. I'm sorry, I had 80,000 quacha with me. 80,000 quacha that night. That sounds like a lot of money, but it was only worth about $30. They took that $30 of quacha, ...and they began to ask me where my cell phone was. It was, under, it was in the console. I said, well, it's under where I'm sitting. So the man that was not driving... ...they drive on the other side of the road there... ...and the steering wheel's on the right. And So the guy that wasn't driving told me to get the phone... So I reached into the console to get the phone. But the guy in the back didn't hear it. It was chaotic. All this was happening just in a few moments. And they were trying to make sure there was no police around. And they were driving slowly and just kind of going down the road. And, the, and as I reached to get the cell phone, the guy in the back with the AK-47 took the back, the, the, that AK-47 and hit me in the back of the head as hard as he could. My head f- f- flew forward and I hit the rear rear mirror and hit, hit the, the, the wind, window uh, windscreen. I went and, uh, you know, it's dark again. I realize I'm going to just stay right where I am. A few moments go by, and the guy said, where's your cell phone? I said, well, it's under where I'm sitting. He, I told you to get the cell phone. Get the cell phone. Again, I reach for it again to get hit in the head. And finally, when they asked me a third time to get the cell phone, I explain what's going on, and they talk a little bit. And he said, okay, you can get the phone. It's okay. So I reach in and get my phone. And so now they've taken my wallet. There's no gun. They've got my phone. The car has now been driving for about five minutes and they begin to calm down. And we begin to drive through the city of Lusaka, the capital city of Zambia, city of about two million people. We drive every direction, turning this way, that way, just going all through the city. I had been places I'd never seen before. And then they start driving out of the city and taking me with them. They were, by this time they began to mock me because they found out I was a missionary and they asked me to find a Christian radio station to, to play Christian music. They were not wanting to listen to Christian music. They wanted to make fun of me. I turned the radio on and it was already at a Christian station and they began to play music and music was just going on. Different song, different song. Finally it came to a song that was in, in another language, in the language of Nyanja or Bimba, but I didn't know what it was saying, but they just kept playing it over and over and over again. They didn't change the song. And the men begin to say, you know, we, we've been watching you. We knew you got this new vehicle. We're going to continue to watch you. You're an American. You have, you have uh, uh, insurance. You're going to get another car. We're going to keep watching you. And uh, this whole time, I'm just thinking, "The Lord, my family's not with me. And, and I even start talking to them about why they do it. And they begin to, to, one of the guys begin to talk to me. And it makes the other two mad. They tell both of us to be quiet finally i'm thinking i don't know if i'm going to make it or not i wonder if, if i can just ask them you know if I, if 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 how will i get home if they tell me i can walk home then i'm going to live and so i asked them i said uh, you're taking me out of the city how am i supposed to get home to my family and the driver thinks for a minute he says you can just take a taxi and go back home and i said a taxi how can i take a taxi you stole all my money i can't afford a taxi and he looked over at the, the guy that took my money and he said, go ahead and give him some of his money back. I was in shock. There he took out that 80,000 kwacha, gave me 30,000 kwacha back. And there I'm holding it in my hand and the, and the Lord is telling me, I'm in control. I'm, I'm in control, I'm faithful. And finally this song just keeps playing. And I asked them, what is this song saying? And they get quiet and they listen and they begin to laugh. I begin to smile. They said, why are you smiling? I said, because, because God's taking care of me. What is this song saying? They said, this song is saying God is faithful and he will take care of you. And I, I just was, again, shocked. I knew the, that, that song was on that radio that night for me. God is faithful and he'll take care of you. We drove a little bit further and finally turned off a main road down another road. They got out of the car and they held the guns on me and they said, You can get whatever you want out of the car. And I grabbed a little doll from our daughter. I grabbed my Bible. I grabbed all the car documents. I grabbed my wallet and the pictures off the floor. And they they got they got in that car and drove off. I never saw them or the car ever again. And as I'm walking back to the car to the road, I just couldn't believe what had happened. I had to find a little place to call, my, call Mindy, and I got there. Their phone didn't work, so I found somebody with a cell phone. He let me use the cell phone. I called Mindy. They came and p- picked me up and took me to the, uh, to the police station where I gave a, a police report and found out at the police station that these, these group of bandits had stolen five cars that night. I was the fifth one that they stole. And Forty minutes before they got to me, they had shot and killed somebody. So these guns that were pointed at my head had been used 40 minutes earlier. And the only thing I could think of is God is faithful and he'll take care of me. Went back home and there was pastors there and other missionaries there. And we prayed together and we celebrated the fact that I was alive together. And the pastors just kept saying, don't don't go back. Please don't leave. Please don't go back to America. And I'm thinking, I'm not going back to America. I finally have a mission story to tell. (laughs) Went to bed that night. Everything was fine. I woke up the next morning at four in the morning though and I was scared to death. And the only thing I could think of is them saying, we know you're going to get another car, we've been watching you, we'll keep watching you. And I begin to think, what if my children are with me next time? What if Mindy's with me next time? I've got to get my family out of here. I've got to get out of, out of Africa and never come back again. What a change from one day to the next. One day I was thinking this is what I was born to do, and the next, moment, and the next day I was scared to death and wanted to leave. I have two older brothers. I'm the youngest of three boys, and the only reason why I stayed in Africa was my pride. I did not want to leave Africa and and have my brothers tell me I was a quitter. God even uses the, our problems to help us do what God wants us to do. He will lead us and guide us and our steps are ordered of the Lord. But I was scared to death. A few days later came by and and several things happened, but I remember just sitting one day just afraid. I wanted to leave. I didn't trust anybody in Zambia. I didn't, want to be, I didn't want to preach the gospel anymore. I didn't want anything to do with the people in Africa. And as I was just praying and I felt like I was forgotten in a forgotten land, God spoke to me and reminded me of that song that was being played in that car that night that says, I see you and I'll be faithful. A little bit of courage came back into my heart. And it took a long time. It took about six months before we got back to where we were again. and Loving ministry and loving Africa. I wanted to quit. How can you reach out and share the gospel to people you don't love, people you don't care for, people you don't trust? It's difficult when you're going through a lot of difficulties yourself. I want to pray with you today as I close. Some of you might be facing your own challenges and your own difficulties and your own battles and you're in the middle of this war and you feel like you're losing the war and you're losing the battle. And you want to give up and quit. How in the world can you reach the lost when you yourself feel so lost? I've been there on and off again through my life and you probably have been too, but I want to pray with you today. I want to pray about two things. I want to pray for those that, that need the Lord to touch them. I want to encourage you today. Say, God is faithful and he'd take care of you. When I was sitting there complaining and fearful a few days later, God reminded me that he knows my name. He knows my situation. He not only knows me, but He loves me. God knows you. He knows your name. He knows your situation. He's never going to leave you nor forsake you. And I want to pray for you this, this morning, for those that need a touch from God, need help in your life, whatever you're facing, whatever battle or struggle that you're facing before you can leave this building and go get involved in the battle out there and get involved in the war against lostness outside this building. Some of you need to be ministered to by God today. I want to pray with you. I also want to pray for those who want to be involved in the battle. Those who want to get involved and begin to share the gospel message. You need courage, you need strength, you need boldness. You want to be able to share with those that are your loved ones, your friends, your work, those you work with, those that you meet throughout the week, throughout the month that are lost. God wants to use you to reach them. See your pastor is an amazing pastor he and his wife. They can do a lot of things, but you know what? God's put you in a relationship with those people because he expects you to reach those people. And I want to pray for those of you that want to be involved in the battle against lostness to see our loved ones make it to heaven. Would you all stand with me this morning? I'm going to pray with you and then I'm going to turn this service over to Pastor and let him close as he feels led. But before he comes or as he's coming, I want to pray with you. If you want the Lord to help you in your life and you're facing struggles of of any kind, doesn't matter whether it's health issues, relational issues, financial issues, spiritual issues, whatever it is, if you would just raise your hand, I want to pray with you right where you are. I'm not going to ask you to do anything or say anything. I just want you to acknowledge you need help from God and you want to put your hope and trust and faith in him. I'm going to pray with you. For those who say, who you're here and you want, to, you want to be involved in the battle and you want to begin to share the gospel message and you haven't been doing it like you should and you want to get involved in this war for the lost, would you raise your hand? I want to pray with you. You can put your hands down. I also want to give a a chance for those to accept Christ as your Savior. If you want to accept Christ as your Savior today, you have maybe never committed your life to the Lord and you want to give your life to, to Jesus, the Bible says all you have to do is put your faith in Him and believe in Him, repent of your sins and follow Him and you will be saved. If you want to accept Christ as your Savior, would you raise your hand this morning? I want to pray with you. If you've raised your hand because you want to accept Christ as your Savior, I want you to find a, a pastor afterwards and tell him, or come to the prayer team after, afterwards and come and talk to the, your prayer team. And they will lead you in, 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 in making the right decisions. And they'll answer your questions. But God loves you, and He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All we have to do is confess our sins. And say that we, we've sinned and asked the Lord to forgive us and he is faithful and just to forgive us. I want to pray with you right now. Dear Lord, we are so thankful for your many faithfulness and goodness. Lord, that your mercies are new every morning. Your love is never ending. And we're so grateful that we can fall of, 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 follow you and that we can call on your name and you are faithful. That you know our name and you know our situation. Lord, many of us want to be involved in the battle but we're going through our own struggles and we're, we, we, it's hard to, to, to step out and minister to other people when we ourselves are so hurt, so much hurting and going through challenges and difficulties. I pray that you would help each and every one that is here. Those that are facing uh, physical problems and sicknesses, I pray you would bring healing in the name of Jesus. Meet their needs and provi- perform a miracle in their life. Lord, those that are facing challenges and, and problems within relationships whether it be in their marriage or with their children or their parents or their extended family, I pray you'd Bless them, men broken hearts. Lord, help forgiveness to, to take place. Lord, I pray you'd bless these that are dealing with the relationship problems. Those that are having financial issues, I pray you'd meet their needs, provide for them. Lord, either get, bless them in their job or give them a job. Help them, oh God, uh, pay their debts and their bills. Lord, provide for them supernaturally in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would help those that are, that, are, that are facing spiritual issues, Lord, I pray that you would just come down and touch them and minister to them, speak to them even now, let them hear your voice, that still small voice in their heart that says you know them by name and you love them and you gave your life for them. I pray you would bless this church, River City Church, that this would be an amazing year in 2020, that they would see great growth with people being saved and discipled. They would continue to reach the, the lost in this community and, and around the U.S. and around the world. Thank you for this church. Bless them and help them in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you, dear God, that you are faithful. And Lord, I pray that we'd be faithful to you and we would be involved in this battle, that we would would declare war against the lostness, the conditions of lostness, the greatest injustice in the world. Lord, I pray you would help us do our part. Help us not to set to the side and be on the sideline, but help us to get involved in the battle, involved in the war. We thank you, Jesus. We love you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Pastor, thank you. Bless you. Love you.
0: How many of you guys, your faith was built today? How many of us are going to go out? And we have a battle to fight. We have lost people to win to turn them to Christ. We have a job ahead of us, but it is one that we get to do with joy, with the faithfulness of God with us, that we don't go alone. Hey, we are so thankful that we have people that are stepping out to plant churches and people going to Africa. And again, I want to encourage you. Listen, we here, we, we... we, we gather, we grow, and we go. And there's this season of some, we sent people. We, sent, we, want, we have a vision of sending people to the Mission Filthness Church. But also, we, set, we sow seeds in those that are going before us. And those that are doing these difficult things. And where they're living in Malawi, where they have four hours a day of electricity. You have to work your day around to have four hours of electricity in your home. And they're on the front lines wanting to reach those that are far from Christ. So listen, we don't push you a whole lot here to, to, to give over and above. But I want to encourage you today that you talk to Jesus this morning about what you are to do to sow into this. To give over and above, you can drop it in the joy box, you can go to our website, you can select missions in the drop down thing or if you give by text, you can text missions and it will put it in that category also, into that number and put your amount in there. We want to be a blessing to those that are going out into the dark places because we are declaring war on lostness. I love that. We're going to go and declare war on those that are lost. So I just encourage you to do that. Prayer team is going to come up here and be over available prayer. We have prayer cards of our missionaries. I think my daughter Jade and Levi are back there. Handing out cards. Take cards. Pray for them. If you want to personally support either one of those, we love them. Encourage them to, 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 to get that card. Be in contact with them if you want to support them directly. River City Church is going to support them, but if you want to, awesome. Do it. So let me pray for us one more time. And Lord Jesus, I just ask that you would help us, Lord, to go and be on the mission that you've called us to. Thank you for what you've did in our hearts. Thank you for your presence being here today. And we ask for your blessing and all that you're going to in Jesus' name, Amen, Amen.
1: Thanks for listening to the River City Church Podcast. We'd love to hear how God is using River City Church to minister and impact lives. If you have a story to share of how God is moving in your life, send an email to Amen at the RiverCityChurch.org. If you'd like to support our mission financially, so we can continue to share messages just like these, you can give online at therivercitychurch.org/give.